Good evening, everyone. Everyone's, um, on this vigil, I greet you peace and blessings on this uh, solemnity of the Epiphany, on this festival of light, the light of faith, on the manifestation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. My friends, the Epiphany is uh, amongst uh, many, many things. One of the things that it is is the manifestation, by, and that's what it's uh, word means, uh, the manifestation of Christ uh, to the Gentiles, or to the pagans, if you will, um, the feast of faith offered to the whole world, what we celebrate. Uh, St. Paul, when he wrote uh, what he wrote, uh, what we heard about, uh, he was referring to the Gentiles. If uh, we were to pick ourselves up in this church and put ourselves in there, who would he be talking to? Who are the Gentiles? You guys and me, unless there happens to be a Jewish person present with us, if there is, then uh, he would not be talking to you. <laughs> he would be talking to all of us. And uh, faith, my friends, um, is an extraordinary light that penetrates us deeply, at least it's supposed to, and allows us to embark on an amazing journey uh, as we hear about the Magi. The first reading celebrates this light. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. Sea darkness covers the earth and thick clouds covers the peoples. But upon you, the Lord shines. And over you appears his glory. This is the mysterious light of faith that places Gentiles on the journey. That is, uh, the pagans are those who are not part of the people who were known as the chosen ones. St. Paul is full of awe uh, when faced uh, with this revelation of divine generosity uh, that calls uh, all the world, all the, which was the Gentiles, uh, to share in the same inheritance, to form the same body, to be participants of the same promise that God as made to his chosen people. All people are called to know Christ and to walk in and by the light of faith in him. Friends, it's a mysterious light, the light of a star shining in the heavens. And uh, uh, the pagans of their time, these magi, they didn't have the scriptures with them. So God uh, does what God does. He reveals in another way. He used astronomy to reach them. He used the very things he created, the earth and the stars. And they were able to see the imprint there. And that rising star is a light that gave off joy, we heard. They were overjoyed at seeing this rising star. The star makes us understand the deepest desire welling up in the human heart then. And... Uh, we know that we are not made to live a life solely on this earth alone or at that level of just material things. We must rather look above and allow ourselves to be guided by a star. That star represents faith for us. Our heart will never experience true and abiding joy if we allow ourselves to be suffocated by earthly worries. If we limit ourselves myopically, tiny, to only that outlook, 
Brother Chujoy is in us when we welcome the light of that star, that faith. This is where we recognize our vocation and our calling, as we use in our modern uh, terminologies, which is to look up and to go all the way to God. The light of faith which shines in the heights of the heavens also points to a precise place on earth in our story today. The house where the child is found with Mary, his mother. My friends, the Christian faith is not an unreal dream. It is a concrete thing. It is a need, if you will. It asks us to recognize Jesus Christ, a man like us in all things but sin, and yet at the same time the Son of God incarnate, manifested for us. The one who allows us to know and to meet the Heavenly Father and to live in communion with Him. This is why He comes. The light of faith which shines in the sky does not uh, dispense us, however, because I've been talking about looking up, does not dispense us from turning and looking at others. The Magi, these wise men, the kings, however uh, one interprets it, uh, who saw the star go to learn more about it and its meaning. And they go to the ones who are supposed to know all about it, Herod and his high priests and the scribes. The response they receive is taken from the scriptures that speak of God's prophecy regarding this. In order to divine, to understand these uh, divinely inspired words, they must have an interior disposition to do so, which neither Herod nor his high priests had, the former Herod, because he feels threatened by the child's power. Herod's response, uh, brothers and sisters, Herod's response seems to mirror that of some of our political leaders today who issue public statements that are not believed, that are outright lies, while harboring hidden agendas and using naive people for nefarious things. Hmm. On the one hand, how little has changed and how Herod's methods are unfortunately making news today. On the latter, Herod's religious officials knew who and where this Messiah was at, but they are indifferent and uninterested in Jesus, the Messiah, because their egos blinded them to the significance of what had happened. When we seek nothing but our own interests, we close ourselves off to the light of faith and end up pursuing only earthly ways that do not lead to the house of the Son of God. But if we truly want to live, we must be willing to allow ourselves to be led toward ways, things that give no immediate material gains most of the time, but only go after the divine joys. We have to make a choice. If we only choose our own interests, we will not see the star, and our life will not have profound joy. I will not tell you that you will have none, but you will not have profound joy. The Lord has come. He offers us the opportunity to be overjoyed in all things. He offers us his precious light. 
He offers us salvation. He offers us our relationship with our, our Heavenly Father as it was supposed to be from the beginning and to live eternally with them. For our part, we must be faithful and faith-filled and appreciative. Today, we want to thank him for his gift of his grace, for the gift of faith that allows us to look above ourselves and towards the heavens and understand that we are not just specks of dust. We particularly want to thank the Lord for giving us his body and blood in the Holy Eucharist. He shares his divinity in a very unique way in order to transform us and make us live in ever closer communion with him, with the Holy Spirit and the Father. This has been the goal the whole time, from the very beginning, and remains so until the very end. And this is the good news.